Welcome to an all-new episode of Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, and on today's episode, I'll try to make friends with writer, artist, comedian, and podcaster Sarah Shockey in less time than it took for the Shockmaster gimmick to fall flat on its face. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it. Sarah Shockey, welcome to the Fast Friends Podcast. We're already friends. You've done it. Done. Bye. Tune in next week. I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Um, awesome. How are you doing today? So good. It's one of those like days where everything's just fallen into place, but I feel like there were a couple hectic days before it. So you can really yeah. like appreciate it when it's like, uh, we got the cat's prescription medication. Now we can fix the worms. <laughs> wow. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're dealing with a lot. That's the kind of content you'll get from me. If you want to talk about lung worms, you know, yeah. I found out those are a thing yesterday and that my cats have them. How do they get lung worms? Well, glad you asked. Our rescue cat, April May, came from like what I understand to be maybe a rotting Grey Gardens mansion. Okay. And what my vet told me is you can get this particular worm parasite from eating either a rodent or a crayfish that has eaten a snail that has the parasite. And then when you eat the snails, the eggs go into their lungs and then they cough them up and swallow them and poop them out. It's so gross. I was like, what if we didn't catch this and just snails started showing up in the litter box? Everyone, it's so good to go to the vet sometimes and they're not joking about bringing in a poop sample <laughs> uh, there's a lot to unpack there there always is yeah 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 uh, so first of all i'm glad that i don't eat rodents or crayfish yeah <laughs> i don't know if humans can get this but it sounds terrifying it doesn't seem likely but it does seem like a little survivor cat would get this kind of thing and then i guess they can pass it along to each other so they're both going to be treated for just 14 days of a squirt of medicine a day each and i love giving cats medicine i'm really good at it. If you guys need to hire Sarah for a medicine dispensary. I yeah. need to get to know the animal for three weeks um, alone at an Airbnb first, and then I'll consider it. I, yeah. My rates are very high. Well, you know, you can't put a price on a good pet. Yeah. Or good That's health. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have zero pets, mostly because I don't like responsibility. Yeah. Zero pets, plenty of peeves. Yeah. Lots, lots of peeves. Yeah, today has been good. I've, there's a new 98 Degrees song out, which... There is? Yeah, 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 yeah. First wow. one in years. They were never my top pick, but I always respected them. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty consistent with what people... Well, or they don't respect them, but typically they're not in people's top... I'm from Cincinnati originally. Um, oh, my so... sister was born there, and I oh. love the chili. <laughs> yeah, do you like Gold Star or Skyline or just all of it? All of it, but I lean towards Skyline because that was the family tradition. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. just depends on what your family bought more of. Yeah. We never went to Gold Star. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I've had it before, but I am a, I'm Skyline through and through. Um, I've gotten yelled at to go to Gold Star, which I don't appreciate. Just recommend it nicely, and I'll try it. Oh, but people... Okay. Yeah, well... 
because they have a smaller fan base, they're probably pretty angry. They're more and intense. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I appreciate that loyalty. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, so my Cincinnati roots put 98 degrees at pretty close to the top of my boy band list. Um, we'll get into that later, though, for sure. Boy bands come up every episode, so <laughs> uh, stay tuned. Boy, um, oh boy. I'm also going to be announcing some live shows soon, which has been not happened that's since exciting. before the pandemic. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. Yeah. Oh my God. We saw each other. That was where we first met was at a live show at That's North. Yeah, at yeah. At North. Yeah. That was a great show. Um, oh my God. I mean, so my, much fun. Yeah. My segment wasn't, but everyone else killed it. <laughs> I don't remember anything except like being in a basement with WWE superstars and looking yep. around and being like, this is like the dingiest backdrop with the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I don't know if you remember this or not. So just to bring people up to speed that weren't there, like Sarah and I, um, <laughs> we were in this a basement that's very accurate. And under I remember like under the bar, I had I at one point I had to pee, and so I was like, oh, I gotta go like to pee or something. And I remember Matt Cardona was like, you just have to go over there and like piss in this open hole in the ground yeah otherwise you have to go up and like cross in front of the entire audience and use one of the one hitters which is like whenever i've watched stand up there's always the drama of the bathrooms at at north where like sometimes the comedians talk to someone sometimes they don't like it's just a whole you're on stage so if you're a little bit famous you and i could have gone to the bathrooms but matt cardona certainly couldn't have he would have had to wear like a whole you know Shockmaster gimmick yeah yeah absolutely just look like a shredded fan (laughs) very tan guys dana brooke was on that show and she gave me her number marty made her give me her number and uh i thought that was very marty's like really nice about my dear fiance and podcast partner marty derosa is very nice about like making sure the right people link up and he was like you guys are going to be friends and uh you know we've had some nice texts she is she was very kind i did not get her number i did not try but uh (laughs) but i i pictured her like going and squatting over that hole in the ground and i was like i bet this is not what she thought her life was going to be yeah she got signed to a WWE contract. That's a really but, interesting, um, filthy corner of your mind that you would picture her out of all the beautiful people that were there, you know? Well, now I'm never going to get her number. <laughs> She's going to be like, well, You're- we're friends, but I'm also friends with her. So I have to respect everybody's, you know, whatever's. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But if she hears this, which she probably won't, maybe she will if, if she knows you. Um, but it, I didn't picture I mean, I it in a creepy her. way. <laughs> Please, yeah, please do. Hey, girl, um, you probably don't remember me, but um, I really <laughs> still like you a whole bunch. And uh, if you're in Chicago, I have a pool in my building. I have a pool in the building. I can give your cat medicine. And yeah. Okay, so bef- <laughs> we've already covered a lot, but in 30 seconds or less, like if this were a job interview, tell us and the listeners, who is Sarah Shockey? I'm a really well-meaning friend, generally. I love writing. I'm very active, and I just care about people. I really, finally, genuinely care about people. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you cared? I mean, I, I think I always have, but recently I've been working very hard on getting rid of a lot of the, like, stuff where I get in my own way and I make assumptions and I take things really personally and it almost feels like I took off like a cloak where now I'm like oh if I'm just nice all the time I'm never gonna worry about whether or not an interaction went well or badly because I was doing my best and if they misconstrued it they can work that out in themselves maybe Mm -hmm. take some pressure off it does it's I still wish that I could like like I think I care too much sometimes 
I think that's I the problem that like all of us have. Like I don't I, like even the people who seem like they really don't care at all. They're the ones at like three and four a.m. that are waking up like, oh my god. Yep. So I don't know. I think it's a human condition to just be like, what the hell are we doing? And also, I really like a lot of this, and I really struggle with a lot of this. And like once you kind of know those foundations, and it's like easier to be nicer. I don't know. And I'm always trying to look for good excuses for people, and sometimes I overdo it where I'm like, like no, that person's clearly robbing you. <laughs> It's like, well, but he probably didn't have breakfast. <laughs> we, we, um, yeah, I feel like my mother-in-law is really good at that. She'll like anything that happens, like she can kind of construct this elaborate backstory as to like why they're, the people are like that. And they could be like a server at Skyline, but she'll like come up with a whole backstory or like origin story. You know, most of the time it's like, well, I bet his father was like an alcoholic, <laughs> you know? I totally get that. All the mm-hmm. women in my family are like that and we'll like be at a hotel and one time I remember there's this like jacked young guy working at the front desk and the three of us were just like upset we got to the room and all we could do is talk about this guy and like who is he and what's his life like and what's he doing and who's in love with him in town did you ever figure out or did you just let it go we did find him on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) you gotta love Um, towns of that size like where you can find somebody and you're like Jason who works at the Hyatt or whatever and like you can track them down boom boom yeah he looked like very happy and like he was not gonna be lacking in love this guy was beautiful he was probably yeah. like from Mount Olympus just chilling for a little while if you if you believe in Greek mythology <laughs> well who doesn't what town was it where did he where was his this was near Traverse City okay. there's like a they call it a festival marketplace up there but they they turned in like an old it's not a term that we use anymore but insane asylum into Mm. a festival marketplace with like an italian restaurant and little lofts but like they're renovating it slowly so there's like all this like tea here's a fountain and then like on the outskirts are these just like looming buildings with like shattered windows and like wafting bags out of it's like the most like terrifying it's like a tornado all the time of like this fun energy of like we don't care that we were really cruel to people back in history here and then also just like but history never leaves (laughs) It was a blast. It was my sister's um, bachelorette party weekend. It was just me, her, and my mom just, like, going on wine tours and thinking about history. We're, okay. we're, we're a nerdy and delicate family, I would say. No, it's, I, I like that. Is that where WWE was filming their cinematics during the pandemic? I have no idea. I just, I think that it's possible that they have ties at every insane asylum on the planet. Sure. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Can you Absolutely. imagine like the unpublished connections of like who can get in contact with who just from Vince at the epicenter? It's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes I want to know more about that three ring circus. And then other times I don't want to know anything. You know, I just want to go and like, yeah, it's like the less I know is sometimes it's the, it's better. You know, Terrence McKenna says the brighter you build the bonfire, the more darkness you see. Ooh, I like that. I like that one too. That's a great quote. So Sarah, we're going to go through (laughs) a couple of rounds. I know we were all over the place, but we'll go through a couple of rounds. Like we typically structure three rounds. The first, I'll just kind of ask you questions to get to know you uh, a little about like your background, you know, stuff like that. The second round will be, and it's a tribute to my, one of my favorite meals growing up. It's uh, the Arby's five for five. Uh, So (laughs) I will ask five questions. You can ask me five questions. We have to truthfully answer them. Can we go Uh, back and forth in that one? Yeah, it'll be like one in one. So like you'll get a chance to see like how advanced my questions are getting before you like throw one out. 
you know. Perfect. Yeah, I didn't pre-plan the questions. I thought I would just go with the flow. We're already okay. friends, so this is all, like, bonus level. Like, we beat the game, but, you know, let's okay. do it. sweet. And then in round three, um, there will be but a we're, I want to say game. we're only friends as of this podcast. Uh, like, right, yeah. It's right here, right now. Right. Well, so that'll take away the suspense for the last part where I'll send you a friend request in real life, and then you have to, I'll put you on the spot. But Wouldn't we'll it do be it anyway. so great if I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's just a joke, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, actually, no, you know, here's the thing. Um, I would like want to meet a lot of different people, and I don't know that I'm honestly going to be compatible with everybody. So maybe, you know, I want people to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're not for me. You know, if that's the case, like, it's fine. Yeah. I'll just cry about it at three or four in the morning, like you said earlier. <laughs> if you're waking uh, up like, uh, you should do a little more investigating during the day. <laughs> Are we being uh, nice to waiters? I, You know what? That is one of my biggest pet peeves. I know that we talked about pets earlier, and I said I have a lot of peeves. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are rude to like servers, people that work in restaurants. Like I cannot stand that at all. Yeah, um, it's one of those things, too, where it's like not excusable when you've never worked that job. But then if you have worked that job, it makes it like so much worse where it's like, why are you reaching back and slapping people? Reach back and, you know, stack the plates nice and put yeah. all the napkins on top of the top plate. Yeah. Yeah, we used I I feel like there's just some people just don't. I don't know. I can't imagine the way that some people talk to to people in those. Oh, roles, I'd so. love to see certain people's Alexa printouts. How are you talking to Alexa? <laughs> Going to give me a few clues. Oof. Uh, yeah, I don't. Sometimes I did call her a bitch once. That <laughs> I used very to kind. ask. Me and Marty used to stay up and ask um, our old roommate's Alexa if he was like treating her nice and stuff, and then he was like, "Hey, I can see all those questions you ask her." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Good, think about them." Yeah, yeah. You wake up at three in the morning gasping for air. <laughs> You're originally from Michigan, right? Is that? Yeah, that was like a late formative stop for me. I had seventh grade through college in Michigan. And before that, I was third grade through sixth grade in Kokomo, Indiana. And before <gasps> Kokomo? That, yeah, way down in Kokomo. Yeah, I have um, family near there. Oh, yeah. I love Indiana. Yeah. I still have a yeah. lot of ties there. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's a great flyover state. Yeah, <laughs> and they have great region burgers in the um, upper Gary area. They're like big steakum steak burgers, not steakums, more like steak and shake style burgers, but like big mm. with the little crispy fringes. Yeah, where? Um, okay. Yeah, they I've call it the region. There's okay. a there's one in Roscoe Village called the region, literally, and they have those kind of burgers. And it was from somebody that was from there that came here. Okay. To Chicago. Okay. Um, but before that, I was in State College, Pennsylvania for kindergarten through third grade. And before that, I was born in Pittsburgh. So very wow. mid- like a little trail of Midwest, a uh, couple college towns. We really uh, yeah. got the experience. My dad was a salesman and he would like, you know, crush one region and then uh, take on the next. OK. Yeah. So it was like moving up the ladder. Well, like, yeah, but it would be, like, um, from, like, Procter & Gamble over to, like, the new pig corporation. Like, you know, I think Correct. a lot of times salespeople like to chase that, like, who's, like, the up-and-comer and can I, like, latch on. But he's now been with the same company for years and years, and he's, like, the guy. So he did mm. climb the ladder just over different region burgers. <laughs> I, I there, Do you remember... I don't know if this happened. I'm trying to like, I'm really bad at dates, but like my cousins that live near Kokomo, there was like a concept for a restaurant there from McDonald's. It was called the McDiner. 
Do you know about this? Oh, I never was there for the McDiner, but it sounds so Kokomo. I can't even believe it. Yeah, it was like so I never got to go because it shut down before we got a chance to go. But my cousins did go. And so it was like a McDonald's, but they waited on you like they had a wait staff and such. And so like they had like special menus because Kokomo is famously, well, maybe not famously, the city of firsts. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a test I forgot market. about that. Oh. <laughs> but I know it. Like, it's in my heart. I just yeah. forgot. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's probably. Um, anyways. Well, okay. So growing up, did you, what, did you know, like, what you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you always have, like, a standard answer? Or were you like, yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I was terrified uh, because I always knew that I was supposed to be a writer. But I was like, I'm not going to write. That's crazy. So I was like going to be a performer and an entertainer. And then I was like really got into this comedy path. And for a while, I thought I would show up to comedy school with like my sketches and everyone would be like, oh, you are a writer. You should be a writer. This is crazy. But nobody did because my sketches were very good. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of was like this weird like whisper in my soul for a long time. And then um, I was in a comedy band for a while. I got involved in wrestling And then uh, one day it was just like I started writing again and I like wrote a book at work and and I read it back and it was just so bad. And uh, but it was like I can do it like I can get better at this. And it just started this whole exercise in like investigating myself and why I have so many doubts and what does it mean to like, you know, want to do this. So it's been a progression, but finally my day job is I'm a technical writer. So I write software guides, which is like, Hey, that's one way you can call yourself a writer. But at the same time, since long before then, I'd say about 2014, I started really regularly working on like a whole fantasy series. That's going to take a long time to, you know, maybe you'll be like, look back at this 10 years from now and go, Oh yeah, she did put out a couple of those, you know, like that kind of a thing. Sure. Um, and yeah, I would say I always wanted to be a writer, but, um, I really stifled that until I was about 28. Okay. Okay. Um, did you have anyone like growing up that you looked up to as like inspiration or like that you emulated and you were like, I want to be like her or him? Yeah. Coach John Plow, my uh, physics teacher and pole vault coach in high school. And I still keep in touch with him. And, uh, just one of those like very layered, peaceful and clever people that you don't really understand why they're getting it right. Like why they are like so smart and so peaceful. And like, I think some of it has to do with like paying attention (laughs) to like everything all the time. Uh, but I was just really drawn to him and, uh, I felt like he gave me a lot of perspective in a time where I was lacking in perspective. You know, I'd only been with the same family. We'd moved around together a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I had friends, but they were scattered all over. And, um, yeah, just like at a time where I could really use a good example, he was like a great teacher and a great coach. That's awesome. And it's awesome that you still stay in touch. I have a couple of people like that, like a high school teacher that Mr. Nicholson, who I referred to on here before, he was a uh, English and yearbook uh, oh, teacher. Oh, yeah. You know, the yearbook teachers, you can really make a bond with them. I never oh, got yeah. into yearbook, but I felt that um, I thought my soul was too delicate and I would get my feelings hurt. Which might have been true, but it would, probably would have been good for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've said this before on here, and I and it, it was like the best. Honestly, it was. I worked in publishing right out of college, and then like went into advertising and stuff. But I, definitely, like working on your book kind of made me feel like I needed to be, do cr- like creating something, you know? Yeah, um, and being able to like work with people to make something that didn't exist exist. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But back then, like, we didn't have, because I'm old, we didn't have a, like. You're not it, older than Marty, are you? Internet. Um, I don't, well, I'm like 41. Oh, yeah. Marty was born in 1977. So okay. 43. Okay. One of my favorite years, 1977. It was a good year, I think. I don't know. I wasn't there. I've heard. <laughs> but if Marty I, was born. I dated a guy who was born in 1977 um, when I was in college. And then when we broke up, I was like, well, that's it for that year. Guess we're done <laughs> with that. Which is such a fun rom-com thing to be like, of course, now I'm engaged to a guy born in 1977. <laughs> oh my He's also God. my business partner, my lover, yeah. my friend. Do you want to collab on that screenplay? Oh, for sure. It's all yeah. going to be in my books anyway. I have like... Like eight or ten books planned out and then like one of them is partially written and now I'm at a standstill because I didn't know how to write about sailing and that's why I'm getting keelboat certified so that I can write about sailing better and to like have the experience like honestly like just learning what the wind is up to it's like a little hack in life you can really avoid the rain if you know what the wind is up to (laughs) or go stand in it who knows you know I lived in Chicago for well I guess I'm in the suburbs now but like 14 years and I can never made a friend with a boat. I'm doing shit. Everybody sh- I'm doing always talks wrong. about it. And you know what? I finally did it. But it was like, friends with boats won't find you. You have to like find them. And the best way to do it is to just offer to be helpful on their sailboat. Because anyone with a boat needs people to be helpful. So I was basically like, I joined a couple groups on Facebook. I was kind of seeing who was looking. And I just got linked up with the nicest guy. And he's from Michigan, from Kalamazoo. He has this beautiful sailboat with a little cabin. And I was like, well, I'm going to be keelboat certified later this summer. And he was like, you know, if you want to just get some experience early, I can teach you whatever you need to know. And I've already like raised the sail, clipped the halyard, like we're tacking. And now I'm reading these concepts in the book being like, oh my God, I've done that before. I just didn't know (laughs) what the hell I was doing. So it's been really nice. I have a friend with a boat and more to come because already we met, um, on Wednesday for this keelboat certifications a full weekend starting tomorrow. And, um, I just met up with the class and I'm like, Oh, I've already got some friends in here. I don't mean to make you feel bad. It's very easy to make friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I have nothing to offer anyone on a sailboat. You know, it takes, it's, it takes practice. Like I was really just needed to like, get the confidence because I'll freak out about like lefts and rights and like pull this and do that. So the first couple of times I was kind of like, just listen, you don't have to like do more than they're telling you to do and uh, don't fall off the boat. And then from there you can really build upward. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have so many questions about sailing, but that'll be for our other niche podcast. When you about come sailing. down here, I'll uh, link you up with Adam. We can get on the boat. Okay. I love I mean, how I'm like offering out my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we'll call Dana Brooke. Yeah, we'll um, call Dana. Um, I did take, I don't know if you know Jonah Jerkins. He's a comedian yeah. in Chicago. Um, I took him out sailing on the boat the other night and it was like such a blast to like watch your friend succeed and like also be the person that's slightly more experienced where he was like, yeah, I saw you up there with the sail. And I was like, I know, like, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, do you, <laughs> I switching gears completely back to writing a little bit? Um, I know earlier I asked you to describe in thirty seconds or less who you were. Who's Chuppy? Oh my God, Chuppy is my little creation. Chuppy was such a good and still is such a good jumping off point where I wanted to get back into drawing. I used to draw all the time and um, always in school. And then, you know, you get out of school and you lose some of your rhythm. So I did one of those 30 day drawing challenges 
And they're like, every day you draw something, like draw your favorite animal, draw a self-portrait, you know, and then you post them as kind of like an accountability thing. And I thought it was so cool. And day nine, I think, or something was uh, draw something from your hometown. So I just really quickly drew a Heinz ketchup bottle. And then I drew a sentient blob of ketchup next to it, like riding it and pointing at the 57 on the glass and saying, like, hit the 57, because that's like the trick to get the ketchup to come out. And I named him Chuppy and I just posted it. And immediately, like, a lot of people really felt a connection to Chuppy. I remember Daniel Kibble Smith commented right away and was like, who's Chuppy? I love Chuppy. And I was like, <laughs> wow, like, you're one of the funniest people that I've worked with at Groupon at that time. Um, so I was, like, very flattered. And I kept drawing Chuppy cartoons and it was kind of an in-joke. My buddy Steve was like you know, drawing chuppy stuff to go along with it and kind of made him a little like buffer. And Mm -hmm. uh, then it was just like, I would draw chuppy parodies of everything where it'd be like chup and smoke, chuppy mania. And then I started making up the other condiments. Mm -hmm. So I have like mayo vinegar oils, like the, you know, it's always like, ooh, will the ketchup and the mayonnaise get together? And I'm just like, this whole time Heinz has been releasing like, oh, we're doing, you know. Yep ketchup and mayo and I'm like guys I could give you a whole narrative and I've had like two or three brushes with Heinz where like I've given them an entire ketchup packet of like here's all the characters here's this like you know if you ever need a mascot I have like all this background and stuff and I found out that one of my friends runs or ran the social media on Twitter for Heinz but it's like outsourced. So he didn't like really know anyone at the company. <laughs> and he was messaging me to see if I knew whether or not MJF was really going to sue him because he replied to a tweet about, uh, I'm going to sue you. Cause I drew Chuppy with like the, um, Burberry scarf yes. and then Heinz like got in on that. And then MJF was like, I'm going to sue all of you. And then all of a sudden my friend's like, um, do you think, cause I have to report it to legal. And I was like, probably not, but that guy's a fucking heel. So yeah. watch your back. Yeah. But probably not. He's probably too busy. That, I don't know. How would I get in touch with him? That's the only reason that he wouldn't do it. Probably. Is because he's too busy. And like, ketchup is, like, bougie. Like, you don't want to get too involved in the condiment community. It's, you know, sticky fingers. Do you think, um... Oh, shit, I had a, I had a question about, um... And <laughs> you now, had your James Lipton blue card, and then it blew away. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, I'll think of it later. So, do, would you say that you... It's good to know that, that it came from your, like, hometown of Pittsburgh. Because I was going to ask you if you thought... Like, do you consider yourself a condiment expert? Like, not by choice, but because I've made up so many characters. Like, yeah, I made, like, a little shitty, like, sweet onion dressing because Subway has that, like, sweet onion. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just did every, every condiment that I could think of. I was even doing, like, Honey and Barbecue have a ranch. Their ranch hand is Ranch Ranchly. He has a Will They, Won't They with, um, I think it's, it's not Buffalo Bill because that's his dad. Uh, Chip Oatley, the Irish cowboy. Like, there's just, and I did a, a Chupmas Carol. It's available yeah. on Blur Books. You can buy it. It's a little text heavy. Like, looking back, I really boxed myself in by being like, it'll be 50 panels exactly, and I'll release two a day from December 1st to the 25th. So it's a little like clunky, you know, layout wise, but at the same time, there's a lot of heart in there, and I stand by it. 
is that because I did I did see that online. I have not bought it um, yet, but it could that could be like our new family Christmas tradition or something like instead of a it's, advent again, calendar. Very wordy, but yeah, it's you okay. could read two a day. I read it. I read the whole thing to my nephews about two years ago, and they very politely listened beginning to end. So that was you know honorable of them. Okay, I have two nieces, so maybe I'll do that this year. Maybe I can call them every day from December first to the twenty fifth and read like two pages of it. FaceTime it. You got to get the pictures in there. Oh, that's a good, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Cause they're in Indianapolis. Um, what's the, what is, the, what's your, what's the best condiment? Do you think? Oh, um, well, so Chick-fil-A sauce is like ranch, honey mustard and barbecue sauce all at once. Mm. So that's definitely a contender. Um, but you know what? I think I'm just going to say Chuppy because he's the main guy. Let's say ketchup. Okay. Is yeah, there, I don't want to hurt well, anybody's feelings. Got it. I love sauces, though. And we Me recently too. started ordering from Im. It's like a Thai restaurant. I-M-M-M-M. Okay. They serve their rice, like coconut rice cream pudding, in three ceramic dishes that they just give you when they deliver the food. And when I found that out, I was like, this is a treasure trove. And we ordered their, like many times so that I could get a full set. And now it's like, I feed the cats in them. I put little ketchup, like they're great dipping containers. Yeah. And also if you have too many, you can give them to people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, that's an interesting business model. Um, I feel like they, they think that I think I'm running a scam on them, but they're absolutely running a scam yeah, on me. So sure. I think it's cool. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's a beneficial deal. If you both think that you're getting away with something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really like, what else could you ask for? Everyone wins. Everyone wins. (laughs) Is there like a specific, this is one question that I ask people sometimes, uh, is there like a specific chain restaurant or a specific chain restaurant food item that you've never tried? Wow. Um, I avoid Hardee's, so I've never had anything at Hardee's because when I was a kid, my parents told me that Hardee's was very bad and we were never to go there. I think probably somebody got like diarrhea once and then it mm-hmm. was like a curse in the family. But yeah, I've never had anything from Hardee's or let's expand it over to Carl's Jr. I don't even know what they do there. Just big sloppy burgers that look like Burger King got, you know, HGH. <laughs> so they're like the same. They're the same company or like the same company, though. They're just branded different. <laughs> it's like rallies and checkers. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. And I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'd eat anything now at this point, except tomatoes. I don't like oh. tomatoes either, which is... Which is funny, because yeah. I... Chuppy, like, uh, yeah. I also, like, really... Sometimes ketchup really grosses me out, and uh, there's a story <laughs> so gross about ketchup that I didn't tell it on the podcast, and I told people to message me if they wanted to hear it, and uh, I stand by that. It's too gross for, like, if people are eating soup right now, I can't tell the story. It's, like, has to do with dried ketchup. Oh, Okay. Wow. Get at me at Sarah Joy Shockey on Twitter if you want to. <laughs> yeah, we all want to hear it. Yeah. But we do have a bit where it's a large Venn diagram overlap of people that listen to this and eat soup. So I'm really glad that you're taking that into consideration. <laughs> you got a lot of supers. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's, we end, we over index for supers. Um, you mentioned earlier. So let, let me back up. I'm going to try to find a Hardee's. If I can find one that's close enough, would you do an Instagram live and try the food? Yeah, for sure. So we can see your reaction and get your reaction. Do I have to be there by alone? Are you going to no, meet like, me there? I can meet you there or like you can get it and bring it to your house or I don't know where a Hardee's is though. I'm Are gonna you have to allergic look that up. to cats? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're not allergic to cats. You have a car. I have a pool in my building. 
bring over a bag of Hardee's. I know you want to see Marty. We'll hang out together. You can meet the cats. And then if you want to dip your toes in or just sit on the roof, we can, we, if you do Instagram live on the roof, there's Wi-Fi, there's the lake, there's, you can see downtown a little bit. Do, do you live in a building designed for influencers? <laughs> yeah, it's like the wake and bacon is, um, in the basement. And now I'm really telling everyone where it is. It's 420. It's so funny. It's That's like, amazing. The doofiest, like, we tell people and they're like, ha, 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 and I embrace it. I love it. That's awesome. Okay, let me, I'm going to, I'm making a, to, a mental to-do to, like, find the closest Hardee's. I used to know where one was at, but I think it got closed down because it was, they were renovating some, like, Oasis stop out south of the city. So it was, like, along one of the tollways. Oh, my gosh. I That old McDonald's, that <laughs> the danger oh, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I would always think about what it would mean in my life if I ever stopped there. Like, I, it's such a quick... It looked mm-hmm. like that was just a magnet for accidents, but also, like, it's, you know, convenient, kind of. Yeah, I did get a cheeseburger there once when we had to meet a friend uh, and have them follow us in. Because you could, like basically changed directions on the tollway yeah that was like wow that was a really insane design that that was there as long as it was i know honestly i can't believe that like trucks didn't just run into it people from that haven't been on the chicago skyway are like what the hell are you talking about like beat up it always looked like i think a lot happened there when we were looking (laughs) yeah yeah three in the morning Ah! (laughs) yeah because it was open forever too so um you mentioned earlier that you were in a band called the shock well you didn't mention the name but the band was called the shock tees i'm assuming you were the lead singer well, we were all the lead singers. I was okay. the girl, so I kind of stood out a little bit in that way. Yeah. Um, Tyler Patterson was guitar, composer, like basically everything music. And then Tim Dunn and I would join him in singing. And we were big on like we would do harmonies. We would do like we wanted it to be that feeling of when you get on stage and everyone's like, oh, God, three white people with a guitar. No. And like kind of turn that on his side and be like, no, no, like this is we're actually like pretty funny. And we like to say we genuinely enjoyed singing together. And um, we all kind of had that in common. And then the joke writing, it was like it was almost like going to grad school for comedy because it was a lot of performing. And I made a spreadsheet. I have every single performance that we ever did logged. And um, I just learned so much about how to just be the version of yourself on stage that you want to show people. Cause there were nights where I'd be like, God, this audience hates me. I don't know what the deal is. And I feel like over time I learned how to be like, well, when you stand that way or when you cut the guys off or this or that, you know, it can be off putting and you learn that stuff just by doing it more than reading about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> with the, so with the writing of the songs and maybe this is like, I, when people write songs, do you write the lyrics and then do the music second or do you do the music and then write lyrics to go with it? Or like, do you kind of do them in parallel or how did you guys approach that? It would be different for every song. Usually the idea was we would pass a bunch of ideas. We'd all come in with ideas. We'd kind of pass them around and chit chat. Then we'd, you know, like clip into one or two of them. And while we would be writing the lyrics, Tyler might be playing around with the guitar. Like it all was kind of happening in the same room or sometimes we'd, you know, try to get the point of the thing and then see if we could get a chorus and then write some verses around that. Or, you know, just kind of like feeling the tug of whatever direction was strongest. And sometimes it was the music and sometimes it was the jokes. And God, the thing I learned was that I just overwrite everything at the beginning. And now it's kind of a thing to embrace, to be like, just write. It doesn't matter. You can cut it down later. 
But like all of the songs would start out being like, and then I saw a little guy and he took my tiny hand. And you're like, this is too much, too many syllables. Like you don't want to do rhyme schemes of like 18 syllables. It's insane. I mean, I guess maybe I should look into rap. But um, mm-hmm. again, as a white lady, there's you really have to be like extremely good at what you're trying to say and do. Because otherwise you come off as just like such a turd burglar. <laughs> Do you think you said earlier that sometimes you felt like maybe you that people noticed you more or you stood out more because you were female? Do you think the other two members resented you for that? The only time we would ever get into arguments about it was sometimes, like two or three times, people would introduce us as Sarah Shockey and the Shock <laughs> And I was like, I didn't tell him to do that, but I'll, you know, grandly accept it. Like it was in your writer or something that you faxed over in advance? Sarah Shockey well, your and the agent. Shock And yeah, yeah, my agent. We had a couple of agents that would try to get us into like NACA and stuff like that. It was such a wild adventure of like all the scams that people think they can do for performing live comedy. We like looked into and we had an LLC for a while. Like it was just every success and failure that you can have in your 20s. It was like all encapsulated. And with like two of my best friends, it's like I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah. Did that? So I know that you've also um, you've also written and performed a, a musical show. I think it was called Red. Is that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Oh my god, I did love that, that help you, you did your research. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a professional. <laughs> that's why you're my friend. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really learned a lot from that because it was one of those things where after the band broke up, I was really sad because I had had it in my head that like that band was it. I found my guys and I was just going to do that forever. And once you start thinking that, usually something will come your way. So sure. we split up basically because we all weren't on the same page in terms of what we wanted. Like one of the guys really wanted to move to like LA. One of the guys was like, I kind of want to go back to the East coast. Like, I don't know my five-year plan. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So what, you know, whatever it is, we'll figure it out. So I pointedly split up to do a project with each of them to kind of be like wean myself off of these regular like rehearsals and stuff. So Tyler, um, the guitar player and I planned together on how we could do a musical that I could perform entirely on my own, but with still like good production. So I had always wanted to do a little one woman musical with like a bunch of the tropes of the old, basically I wanted to come out in a dress with two suitcases, like in a Vita or there's another one I think, but it's just kind of like, Oh man, I'm the, I'm the lady here. And, um, I did this whole musical and the twist was that I was the grandma in Little Red Riding Hood, but you see her whole like arriving in the big city and falling in love and having this kind of shitty life. And then, um, you know, kind of easing into comfort. And then there's like the danger of the wolf. And I love, like, that's where I figured out that I love redoing fairy tales like that's one of my favorite or like that Rashomon idea of could we see different perspectives on something that we already know is happening that's interesting what there there I used to have a friend in my 20s from when I worked in wrestling and he always like talked about how it would be awesome if you like you take a movie that was like very well known um and somebody that was like just a person in the background of like a giant famous scene and you like blow out their entire or like their and go follow them on a journey but link it up enough yeah when I read Wicked I was really disappointed that it wasn't 
like true to the Wizard of Oz that I had seen because I really wanted to know like how are they going to make her likable with how rotten she was to Dorothy and I wanted to see like that whole struggle and then it was like a completely different thing which is cool and totally fine and good but it was like lodged in my brain like oh I want to tell like a Christmas Carol I've probably written like four or five versions of it because I love that story I love the spiritual chance for redemption I think it's so cool yeah that's yeah, that's interesting with about so back on red would you say that it's better or worse than the fourth studio album by Taylor Swift of the same name <laughs> you know I would say it's like uh chuppies and muzzes like you can't really compare okay okay muzzes chuppies mustard wife <laughs> that's that's totally fair they have a son um, named relium it doesn't make sense but it's true wow relium is relish yeah yeah I well, I was hoping <laughs> I, I, it was inferred, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't take that for granted with um, with writing a musical. Is it um, how different is it than writing like a screenplay or a play? And the reason I'm asking is like uh, when I worked in wrestling. So I was a, I was a creative writer. For, it's funny to say this because it's like it was like indie league and I didn't pay for shit. So, but it was like the best time of, of my life. Um, Isn't that the greatest? Marty used to backyard wrestle and he would handle like all the production. They had like a public access show. They had a ring in his dad's like dry cleaning warehouse. And it was just like, yeah, they were losing money daily, but it was like the, the greatest yeah. time ever. Yeah. So I worked at HWA, right? Uh, I started actually when they were under developmental contract and then that went away, whatever. But so I ended up like working there. I worked there for like four and a half years under Les Thatcher. And one of the things like he used to tell me, because I came in and of course, like I had like really been into the attitude era and then like Vince Russo, like all that crazy shit. Right. And like, he used to pull me aside and be like, you know, goddamn, like you, <laughs> the thing is, is you have to settle this in the ring. Like mm-hmm. it you can't have somebody showing up at somebody's house and like with a gun and then like make <laughs> the payoff match like outshine that you know yeah so how like how does that sort of translate to to like a musical where you have to like incorporate so much song and dance and whatever else the songs are to me the rhythm of the emotion and if you don't have emotional songs or you don't know why the characters are singing I saw a production of it's a wonderful life the musical and it was literally the movie script of it's a wonderful life and then they would add songs that felt very hastily written and it would be like him being like i gotta get out of here and explore the world and then the song would be like he's gotta get out of here and explore the world and you'd be sitting there like oh my god we're in for like three hours of this this is crazy um so i think that was like the big thing for me was like don't do a song unless you have like a reason like just because you think the town all needs to sing a song doesn't mean the town all needs to sing a song, especially if it's the first song and it's like too much exposition. Cause we've all seen beauty and the beast and they do it. Perfect. That first song is just like, you know, everything you need to know about Belle, the town, her dad, Gaston, her like deferred dreams, her love of reading. It's everything. But a lot of people like, and it's the same way with, you know, podcasting. Like sometimes people want to come up and joke around like the same way me and Marty do but without the reference of like the history and the skills and the teamwork and blah, blah, blah. Like it can fall really flat of just being like, yeah, you guys have sex with each other. And you're like, (laughs) nice to meet you. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to say here. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, that's interesting. And I had never seen Beauty and the Beast until like two years ago. Can you believe that? Oh, My it's wife so made fresh me watch in your it. mind. You it's, know, yeah, I made so I make Marty watch um, like I made him watch Wally recently, and he was like kind of resistant to it. And then when he watched it, he was like, "This is so good." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I ended up loving good Beauty ideas. and the Beast. <laughs> it's great. It's such a fun one. Where like there are certain ones. Hercules is one that I really think like there are so many weird fun 90s references in it but at the same time like the songs the story the art it's all there for me it's one of my favorite movies still the, this is so fat the thing i remember about hercules is that mcdonald's released a 99 cent triple cheeseburger <laughs> they as part of the promotion and i like ate i don't know probably like 150 of those that oh, year triple cheeseburgers Ooh, that sounds, sounds good i know it just parties <laughs> oh my god carl's jr you can do you remember when paris hilton did the carl's jr commercial and she was like on the hood of the car eating a yeah. burger yeah was that yeah. around the time that she released her single stars are blind i f- <laughs> first Marty of all really I, likes that song <laughs> well i was gonna say i love that you threw the name out there as if i didn't know it um <laughs> but uh i don't know again with timelines i'm really bad with stuff like that but um I'll there was like a, a whirlwind haze of pink and rhinestone where we all just had Paris Hilton in our lives like a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, Kids these days will less. never know. You know? Yeah. Speaking of wrestling, though, how like have were you always a fan of wrestling or is that something that came about later in life? No, I opened the forbidden door later. in life. OK, <laughs> I did. Um, I wasn't really allowed to watch pro wrestling as a kid because we were pretty religious growing up and everybody's gotten more progressive since then in various levels. But um, I anything that was like that or anything that seemed like it was for boys, like I just pretty much I didn't want to rock the boat, LOL, because that now that's all I do. And I just, uh, my dad took me and one of my best friends to see the Scorpion King. And that was like my first exposure to the rock. And like, I thought Macho Man was just a really good spokesperson for Slim Jim. Like I came in in the wrong door to a lot of stuff, but I appreciated it. Like right when I saw the rock, I like appreciated him. And then I saw him on SNL and I remember being like, these people are somebody's, this is cool. And in, like, 2010, I somehow got dumped into doing the Second City 24-hour letters to Santa, like, traditional charity show. So they booked 24 hours of improv. And my hour happened to have a wrestler telling stories about wrestling named Colt Cabana. And I was just, like, stunned by him. Like, I was so floored. I was like, you can just be a wrestler and a person and tell funny stories and... Then we all did improv at the end and I went out to do a scene with him and like was like, ooh, it's just us at this aquarium after hours. Like, that's crazy. And he was like, yes, let's look at all the fish. Why, that's a clownfish. That's I was like, great. This is going so well. (laughs) I'll see you in 10 years. (laughs) We'll be best friends. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And now you're going to his house. Yeah, right after this. um, And he's going to impart some podcasting knowledge. And really, like, no one in wrestling has been the level of giving as Colt Cabana to me, to Marty, like, to younger wrestlers. Like, it's just really nice to see, like, when you get that experience and you can teach somebody someone something, you can help them. It's, like, awesome to see. And just, like, I didn't know Marty until years after I met Colt. Because I met him again before I really started talking to Marty. And that was at a Resistance Pro show. And okay. uh, my friend Zach Thompson had helped me 
get on the commentary team because Resistance Pro was going through this big company split. I don't know if you've ever heard of the NWA, but um, the owner of Resistance Pro went over there. It was like a big break and they were down to one commentator and Zach was like, I tweeted about I wanted to try commentating wrestling and Zach was like, I can make that happen. And it was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, if I say no to this, I'm an idiot. So yeah. um, I commentated my first professional wrestling show I ever saw live. <laughs> that's not fair and it's not right, but I did it. And that's one of the hardest jobs, honestly. Like, I really like it because to me it feels like you're the host of a party that's um, people don't get to be at the party. So you're kind of like putting the party into bite-sized chunks to enjoy at home. So it's like you don't want to make it all about yourself. You want to set up everybody, all the guests to look good. I like telling people what it smells like in the arena. Like just <laughs> anything that makes you feel like you're part of you're seeing exactly what we're seeing and um, I also don't really know the move names very well. It's something that I'll be working on for the rest of my life. But um, I was told after my third show to stop making up names. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was a really good note. Like, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, you did kind of come into this as like a little bit of a like, this isn't my world. This is crazy. But it's like now you're commentating. Now you're invested. It is your world. Like, better to take it seriously early on than to, you know, feel like a jackass who all of a sudden realizes that the thing they were ironically part of is now one of the greatest loves of their life. <laughs> yeah. I Commentary is really hard, and I'm I'm like you. Like, I am drawn more to, like, the story, and I, I appreciate the hell out of a good technical match, but, like, I'm not good with, like, move names or even, like, always recognizing them in the moment. So, yeah, like, I, would be I love terrible being that. with a good because I always do color and I'll make that clear because a lot of mm -hmm. times on those big show weekends, you'll get tossed onto a show because the booker forgot to book commentary. Yeah. And I'll always just make it really clear, like, hey, any move names that, you know, throw them out. If you're good with it, I'll let you do all of them. If I know a couple, I'll drop them in. But I'm mostly here for like emotion and story. And Correct. luckily, I know a few of these people by now. Like, that's the thing is like. Time and experience really makes the job easier. But yeah, that first dive, I felt like I just <laughs> jumped on in. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, I was going to ask how you how you went from like being a fan to getting involved. So that's that's good. To know. Easily. The, who is the <laughs> first time you were like you were like the chef Marty's at Benihana. Like, Don't tell that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first night on job. Um, who's the most difficult talent that you've had to work with? Because you've also done like backstage interviews, <laughs> uh, ring announcing. Who's the who's been the most difficult talent? Uh, myself, definitely, because I'm always afraid and I always think I don't want to do the thing that I really want to do. And it's like this battle where I am always watching myself and seeing the gap of what I'm doing versus what I see other people doing that I'd like to be closer to that skill. And I've tried like a lot of different ways just to kind of like ward that off. And people talk about imposter syndrome and stuff. And I think the bigger problem is like calling yourself an imposter isn't very nice. And the nicer you can be to yourself of like, hey, I know you're scared. I know you really love this thing. I know we can do this. Like learning how to work with myself made me a better commentator and then a better supporter of other talent so that like if I spot someone who's got the same kind of sparkle in their eye as little Sarah in 2014, maybe I can you know, get them in the commentary booth or at least, you know, like bump them up to a front row. Like we love going out of our way for kids, especially like kids who are really kind of like making a splash or you can see the passion already for what they're doing. Like fostering that's just amazing. And then it helps everybody get better. But yeah, I would yeah. say me. The kids thing is great. Like I love, I, I go to a, a 
like I'll do house shows and stuff sometimes and like just go and buy a single ticket, you know, if like WWE is in town or whatever, because my wife doesn't really like wrestling. So she's like, it's a waste of money for me to go like just buy a nicer seat and go by yourself like and have a nice time in Rockford. You want to know the person you're (laughs) with is like enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. And also I like a good wander. Like I love I went to the an AAW show at Bourbon Street recently by myself and it was just like. And having the access of like working there in the past and stuff, I just dude it around all night. And we had just gotten engaged, so everybody wanted to look at the ring and be nice. Yeah, yeah. And it was like it was a total blast. Yeah, that's that's awesome. The kids are great though to watch. It's like it's like it, I feel like a kid when I get to go to wrestling. Yeah, I think that's why it's so cool. Is like there's a kid who would show up to all the Logan Square shows at AEW with like a set of figures, and he would just play. And I'm like, that's what Marty would do. And Marty's been a fan since he was like three years old. So yeah. the nice thing for me was when we started podcasting, I have this encyclopedia, and yeah. like he knows everything. He's wrestled. He's done different podcasts. Like it was just I was really lucky that everything kind of lined up that way. Um, but it did come from following it. Like, had I said no to that first commentary show, I might not have gotten as into wrestling, which might not have led me to doing the podcast with Marty and this and that. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. following that stuff is so valuable. So we, we've kind of alluded to it a couple of times, but the podcast for people listening is called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as somebody who listens to it, I'll tell you it's delightful. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, I think you, one of my favorite things is obviously you have bring on all of the I'm using air quotes guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and do, so like, do you want to tell the listeners here, like what they could expect if they tune into an episode or? Yeah, it's, um, just a very chill comedy pro wrestling podcast. So we hit the topics of the news, but we really let ourselves go on tangents of like, if we feel like, you know, fantasy booking for a while, we'll do that. And really trying to focus on like what's holding our attention and what we like, as opposed to like all the stuff that could be better. But at the same time, I feel like we do touch on that stuff because it's there and it's kind of fun to just you know honestly say how you feel about a thing but trying to do that while still being respectful in terms of like I love the people that have worked hard enough to be wrestling on television like these are the elite of the elite people you know being the elite's hard but <laughs> like it's just it's a it's really fun to just kind of investigate how we feel weekly and then you really connect with people like that's my favorite part of the podcast like the people that we've met the stories we read uh wrestling confessions mm-hmm. people will send in like people they met or um you know things that happened to them at wrestling shows or whatever else and it's the ones with the kids are always the ones that are like the most touching so I think it really like it's like that rosebud moment we all can kind of relate to being a kid and loving something so hard that you don't even know how to put it into words until you die yeah. um and you guys like you mentioned this too like you you two just recently got engaged which is congratulations yeah, Labor Day thank you so much no Memorial Day yeah. Labor Day's in the future <laughs> do you have you guys set a date at this point so my little nephew Alistair said I asked him if we should get married in spring or fall because we were kind of between those two seasons and he said fall and then he said I think fall of 2022 and then I okay. said okay I said Marty I was on the phone I was like what do you think about fall of 2022 Alistair said that's a good time and Marty goes, yeah, that works for me. And then Alistair, who I've never heard him use this voice in my life, he's six years old, goes, yeah, that works for me too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so I guess fall of 2022. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Alistair. <laughs> so you have a little bit of time. I... Oh, there will be wrestling at the wedding, if um, you're wondering. And do I want to get it live streamed? Yes, absolutely. Have I started talks about any of this? No. But is it echoing in my mind daily? Yes. Yeah. 
I think, I mean, I was going to say, so secretly I was hoping that by doing this, we would be tied enough that I could make the guest list. Um, yeah, you can come. But if I had to like buy it on Fight TV, I would do that too. No, you can come. Okay. I'll uh, just remind me. <laughs> I, um, I promise that I won't gift you a snake like Jake Roberts did to Miss Elizabeth. Oh, that have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, I want you clip. to do. Could you um, wear the glasses and the yellow hat as the boy that's like so happy? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I will do that. Bring your wife; she can have the perm and the, and the dress of the crying lady. <laughs> I tried to have um, when we got married like years ago. I tried to get her on board with using the together song in oh, our wedding. Oh yeah, that would be. Mm-hmm. Would she say no to that one? Yeah, she. That was a hard no. I let Marty have, um, I let, we have a poster on the bathroom or on the bedroom door of Dangerous Curves and it's like this sexy lady like with, she's like (laughs) holding a map and fixing a car and wearing like a thong. Because Marty had put that, he had bought a poster like it and put it on his bedroom door as a kid and he thought his mom would never see it because she would never (laughs) shut the door. She found it like night two. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But um, we have it, we have it on the level here. So I think it's fun when you allow those little concessions and then were there certain ones where I'm like, it can't, we can't do all like wrestling posters in the house. We got to have like some abstract art for the, for the non-fans. Yeah. To yeah, feel welcome. Yeah, you gotta you gotta balance it out. I have the y- y- people that are we don't share video, but like I have all this wrestling stuff behind you have me. Awesome but awesome stuff behind you. Yeah. Thank you. It's li- it's uh, forced to this room. It's not allowed to leave this room. That's- I have we have it all over, but our place is pretty small, so you kind of do have to spread it out. I've got uh, Marty's turnbuckle behind me from when Marty wrestled at Pancakes and Pile Drivers. Um, we got one of the turnbuckles and uh, put it up on the wall. So I, stuff like that. It's like, well, we did that together. Like, what a cool yeah thing we've built. So many wrestling memories. I have a whole album on my phone of just MSLW stuff, and it every year it gets bigger and bigger, and it's just like the nicest when you're feeling a little down to be like, well, look at all these people you've met. Look at all these fun times you've had. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next for you? What's on your vision board? I'm working on these books. Well, uh, basic keelboat training is Mm -hmm. this weekend, so if I get certified, I basically get to say I'm certified, but most of all, I will be better at describing sailboats because I have like a whole, I have my own little Kevin Smith view of universe started and I would love to just start releasing books on my little planet and uh, see how they do. But I want to, I'm going to be very patient with it. You know, I think for years I was running so hard to get to like fame, meaning something and now I'm like to the point where I'm like, oh, I think the journey is the destination. Like, I just got to figure out how to enjoy this. And uh, writing's a big part of that. And um, I try to do diamond days every day. I mean, I, I say try to. I do, I do diamond days every day now. It's been a few years of um, read, write, draw, sing, exercise. And I got to hit them all every day. And I have like a little log book where I just like make sure that I'm staying on track with doing it. And I didn't really know why I was doing it, but now I understand that it's like you spend time doing things and that makes up your life. So if you make sure to pick your favorite things and do them a little bit every day, even if it's just a bit, it keeps the door open so that you're not hiding from that book idea that you've had for, you know, eight or nine years and then picking it up and being like, oh, this was awesome. I wish I would have worked on it earlier. Yeah. And it's just a little sense of discipline in a very undisciplined world. (laughs) I love that. I love that idea of like, even if you just do it for 10 or 15 minutes, you're still doing it. It counts. Yeah. And you can look back. And then I have this fun thing where like my log has become this like little work of art where I use like different colors for things. And then 
if somebody's like, oh, do you remember such and such? I can go back and see like just the stuff that I did that I chose to do that day, which is kind of yeah. cool. It's yeah, like a it's like cool. a daily log and it's an alibi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love that. Um, do you want to play? Do you want to go to the five for five round or are you tapping yeah. out? OK, sweet. <laughs> my, no, I'm not tapping out. OK, all right. All right. So this is the round. Like I said earlier, it's named after one of my favorite meals as a teenager. The five for five from Arby's. I love that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Jamocha um, shakes going to be one of mine. God, I hope so. I haven't had one of those in years. I might have to do that this weekend. Um, Do you want to, so we'll, we'll each ask each other five questions. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to answer them truthfully. No passing, none none of that stuff. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first and um, I'm going to ask you what you just asked me. What's next on your vision board? What are you kind of looking down the road at? That's, uh, that's a great question. I, so we, we, let's see. Um, I'm really excited to start doing stand up again. Stand up is a hobby for me. Um, So, I've mentioned this too, to, uh, on a couple of uh, occasions, but like, it's a young person's like late night game, right? To, and it's a lot of, yeah, it's, and it's interesting. I always tell Marty how it's the landscape's always changing. Cause I think a lot of times we think of stand up in a very nineties way. So it is like, it's a hobby for some people. It's full time for other people, but it always leads to other stuff. Like it always yeah. leads to like cool podcasts or wrestling shows or whatever. So I love that. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, I run like, I, I sort of like the discipline um, aspect. I I would run like four shows a year back in my hometown area, which is in the southeastern corner of Indiana. Um, and so I'd run those like four times a year because it would make me like write a whole new set. Right. And I would have to go and like do open mics to like feel good enough to do it or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm starting those back soon. Stay, it's all all seven people listening. Stay tuned for uh, for that announcement. Um I really am enjoying doing this podcast, honestly. I know it's like such a white male thing to say. Like, no, that but I, need to I have am a podcast. too. I love it. No, I, it's, it's fun because it is like everybody, I think, especially growing up over the years, like we have in this generational circle a real respect for radio because of how like conversations and music and like the blending just kind of like helped our brains and I think we all had radio shows as kids because we were like I had cassette tapes like crazy they had a karaoke machine at TCW Marty's old wrestling fed and they just like everybody wants their own hosted platform and a podcast is like the most simplified version of that yeah so I would say like for me it's not about like because I have a really um I'm I'm lucky that I have like a a great day job that I love also, but like, uh, I just want to start like pursuing all of those things that I put on hold for COVID. Right. And seeing where they go. And you have a clean slate. Like that's what COVID, like one of the things was it reset everything. So now I'm like, all right, let's build my schedule with stuff that I like that gives me energy. And I'm like taking tennis classes again, which is like, I used to play in high school and I loved it. And now that I'm like paying for it myself, I'm like really trying to like learn better than I did. Like I think in high school, a lot of it's just getting by. It's like my grades, (laughs) sports, like I don't know what's going on. And now I'm like, what if I'm like, what if I could get really good at tennis? Like that would be fun. Yeah. (laughs) In conjunction with everything else. (laughs) Yeah. Though it's, it is, it's fun to like try different things. I also am like trying to find the right balance of, by no means did I love anything about COVID, but. I did indoor outdoor time. Enjoy, I enjoyed the slight slowdown of like, it's okay to be like that I'm staying in tonight. Like, yeah. and I don't have something to fill this up. So I'm trying to find the right balance of that. Cause I feel like with the summer, everybody's like, they want to do a lot of stuff. And We're so it feels like it's getting hitting insane. the gas. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. is like, and I think it'll, it'll balance out naturally by fall. 
Yeah. But I love reminding people where it's like you literally have an excuse in your pocket anytime you want to be like, nah, my nose is a little runny. Yeah. You don't want me there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay uh, in and rest tonight. Yeah. Because I should, because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to use that maybe a couple times. Yeah, know. you. the best one is to go, I don't know if it's allergies. I'm hoping it is. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, because growing up in the Midwest, everybody's allergies. So. Oh, my God. I was allergic to por- corn, porn pollen. Porn? That'd be amazing. <laughs> corn pollen. No, I welcomed porn pollen. I was like, give me those little nuggets. I'll grab them out of the air. But, like, that- growing up in Indiana and my dad really, like, wanted us on, like, running all the time, I was just sent out to cornfields being like, whew, breathing so hard. This is crazy. I don't even like running. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, there are cornfields everywhere there. Yeah. Uh, and Except at Indiana just- Beach. Oh. That's my little nephew, James, said that he liked Indiana Beach better than Disney because they have the frog hopper ride and Disney doesn't. I was like a man of taste. I respect it. I feel like Indiana Beach is a good place to go if you have life insurance and you like living on the edge. (laughs) And like your feet are so callous that nothing can break through. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, My first question for you in this round is I'm going to steal one from your playbook from your podcast. Um, Fuck, Mary kill, Cactus Ooh. Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. Wow. Okay. Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. Okay. I think Mankind could use a fuck. I really do. I think it would help <laughs> him a lot. I'm scared of Cactus Jack, and I'm so sorry. All these men are going to be disappointed, but I'm too scared of Cactus Jack to welcome him into my bed. But Dude Love, like, you can come over. We've got chibi lighting every night. We'll live together happily. You'll probably be marrying both me and Marty, which is kind of a fun, like, new twist on F. Mary Kill because yeah. now we're a thruplet. Yeah. Somebody told me recently about some, like, a, somebody that's in an actual thruple. I'm going to have to think about who it was. It was a celebrity. So it was like some dirt. Um, Yeah, I love when people talk about it because like Marty always points out that whoever sleeps in the middle of the bed is either going to have to like escape under the covers to get out or like maneuver around. (laughs) And if you're up against a wall, that wall person is screwed. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of dynamics to take into consideration. I would love, though, like a big room of many beds if there's multiple people in a relationship and you could just roll into whoever's area that you're not, you know. That you're yeah. most vibing with. <laughs> wow. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, all right. You're, t- you're up for question two. Um, yes. What Are you good at lucid dreaming? Do you do it very much? What do you think about it? That's one question. Okay. Um, um, the sh- question is, your thoughts on lucid dreaming? I, <laughs> I actually don't know much about lucid dreaming. Can you give me a description? Because I'm kind of dumb. No, it's fine. It's when you are aware within a dream that you're dreaming. So you're kind of on that balance oh. beam of being awake and asleep. Um, I'm obsessed with it. Okay. So I, I should have known that because there was a show that I used to watch called Raising Hope. Um, and the grandmother would go in and out of like, they would say she's lucid. So like she actually knew what was going on. So I should have known that. That is Chlor- a, that's a nice conclusion to draw. I'm glad you learned that today. <laughs> Cloris Leachman played the the mama that went in and out of. Um, she was great. If you've never seen yeah. it, it's a great show. You know, I feel like I saw an episode of it on an airplane and I was like, I got to check back in with this show. And I never did. But I yeah. have all the time in the world. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good enough to watch. Um, watch it with Hardee's over here. <laughs> yeah, on, I'm on my way. Um, 
I don't know. I think usually when I have a dream, I don't feel like I've ever had a dream where I felt like I knew I was having a dream until I fully woke up from it. It happens to me a bunch. I had a dream once where in the dream, I turned to my friend. We were like packing like crazy to get out of somewhere. And I go, wait a second. I think we're, I go, I think this is my dream. I think I'm dreaming. And she turned and looked at me and went, no, you're not. And then I was like, okay, I'm not. And just went back to the dream. So that happened. Okay. Yeah. I can honestly say that I've never had that happen. Oh my gosh. Well, look into it. It's a blast. But you have to kind of like. I only do it when I'm paying attention to my dreams and sleeping good enough that I'm having dreams. And like, it's a whole mountain where like it goes up and down, but every now and then it's like clicks perfectly and you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I can do anything, but it's hard to control. It's very exciting. Is So it's worth the work though to put into I it. I think so. But I'm only like, I would call myself a novice where like I'm at the point where I finally realize that if I'm lucid dreaming and I get like, overexcited and I'm thinking too much I like black out in the dream so it's like it's I feel like I'm doing like science experiments in my sleep okay I will have to look into this and get and follow up with you you'll follow up on Hardy's I'll follow up on lucid dreaming put a pin in it circle back <laughs> circle we love circling back we'll take uh, it offline what's the last thing that you do before you go to bed Oh, wow. I guess like Uncle Cracker, drift away. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I'm really, I don't have a lot of routines. Usually it's probably, uh, talking to Marty because he stays up later than me and we have so much fun when it's time to move the party from the couch to the bedroom. We just like put on whatever we were watching out there and just like keep talking. And then usually one person will still be talking and the other person's asleep. And it's like, yeah, we just we have so much fun together. It's crazy. Like sometimes I look around and I'm like, I can't believe that this worked out. <laughs> it is the best thing in the world to like mer- to be like living or like committed to somebody that you absolutely have so much fun with. Like my yeah. wife and I were really, really thankful of that during COVID, especially. It really makes a difference. I think a lot of people had like make or break where it's like almost a little shitty to come out of COVID. Like, yeah, we got engaged for people who were like, cool. I found out that I'm not compatible with the person I was trapped with for a year and a half. It's like, I'm so sorry. Breakups are so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But they're worth doing if they need to happen. Cause you know, we wouldn't have gotten where we were if we stayed with the first person that we ever felt feelings for. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's, but it, it, but it is amazing when you find that person. Sweet. Yeah. Your, uh, your question number three. What's your general vibe on wrestling action figures? Because um, I know you're like involved. Like, did you collect? Do you enjoy them still? This is yeah, all yeah. one question. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I love wrestling figures. Um, I had. Uh, OK, so when I was young, we didn't really have a lot of money growing up. So I did have some, but not very many. I also wasn't really. Which ones <sighs> did you have? Like Eljans or um, Hasbro's? I think they were. I, I like I don't so I'm not as good at, at like this as I should be because I we had those the rockers that had the like thing that you push down on the bottom yes and yes they yes. like okay, spring yep. okay yeah those were the ones, yeah, like, yeah I had a couple of those so I had the rockers as a kid and now I have them again I bought them at a flea market the best buying a toy that you had as a kid I yeah. had two stuffed animals that I rebought and I'm like I, it blew my mind how happy it made me it's like thirty yeah. bucks on eBay and I was like oh my god <laughs> yeah so I. We d- I wouldn't say that I was a collector as a kid. As I got older, I just started buying ones that I liked. So I didn't like mm-hmm. go after a certain line, but it would be like people that I liked. So I would buy. I like that. You know, like I bought like 
I really bought Zack Ryder a lot because I liked what he was trying to do to get himself over. And I was like, yes. I'm going to put merchandise money in his pocket, you know? Um, yeah. I always respected that hustle where you're like, oh, when yeah. Marty like explained who he was and what he was doing, I was like, yep, that's yeah. great. Support. Yeah. Like this guy's going to be a star one way or another, right? Like yeah. whether they put him on TV or not. Um, and then let's see. So yeah, we moved to Chicago after we got married or right before we got married, we never had space. So I didn't really buy that many. Um, and then Marty will buy them, touch them and look at them and then send them to a child. Like he just wants to like see what it is. And then it's like, all right, you can have Darby. Yeah. They've come so, they've come so far, honestly. So I had a, I had a revelation like a year ago where I finally like subscribed to the Cardona rule of like, you got to let them breathe. Cause I used to keep them in their box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I was like, no, I'm going to get them out, you know? So I that's always want to take them out. I, I always see it as like, I'm freeing them. But I yeah. was a child who used to pretend that all the mannequins at the mall came alive after hours and that they would talk about the magnificent little girl they saw at the mall that day. I, I, who says that they don't come alive, but I doubt that that's what they're talking about. It was like, I wasn't doing anything interesting, but it was such a Mary Sue. Like, did you see her? Did you see her? That's my (laughs) opening town number. All the mannequins being like, she has something special, but she has to start writing. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. So that's my take on figures. I'm trying to build my collection now though. I love it. And you're going to have so many more chances, too, because sometimes figures will like fall in your lap and sometimes it'll be like the hunt. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mostly just supervise Marty's and encourage Marty's figure time. But it's made me such a fan, like off to the side that I'm like, yeah, I I really like this. Um, What's your most unpopular opinion? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm just like (laughs) I'm so morally like I love doing what's right (laughs) and not what's right, like based on what other people people think but like based on what I felt and what I discovered so I would say like I do give a lot of moral speeches especially during COVID Marty was really subject to a lot of and I think people do this because and I think this and that so I would say I have a tendency to really like give people more nuggets like if somebody's like "Ooh, can I have an M&M out of your trail mix and I'm just grabbing all the like peanutty raisin part just like dumping it in their lap where it's (laughs) like yeah it's nutritious but is it helpful when you throw it at me when I just need like you to listen to me so I would say like um offering moral speeches and advice when really I could just listen (laughs) okay okay that's a good one yeah which is this question four or five I want to know if I'm this is uh this is your four this is my four okay I want to know who your favorite stand-up comedians are like who kind of tickled your fancy as a boy (laughs) (laughs) What That's, a way to say that. Yeah, I can cre- say it because I'm adorable. It sounds creepy a little when you say it because now I have to like I had my answer and now I'm like, <laughs> I need to reframe that. Um, <laughs> no, who who made you sort of want to uh, like explore yeah. stand up? OK, so I loved watching Chelsea lately back in the mm-hmm. day only for no, I shouldn't say only. I like Chelsea Handler, too, but I really liked it for the roundtable people. So I feel like a lot of people yes. that have come from that. So like I love Fortune Feimster. I love mm-hmm. Sarah Colonna. I love Josh Wolf. Those are probably some like Josh Wolf was somebody that I saw a lot. He was the first one of them three that I think that I saw live. And I was like, oh, this is like, um, you know, because. On the roundtable, it was like they were contributing to conversation on a couple topics, but like 
it was him for like 45 minutes, right? And I was like, this is amazing. I like how I pretend like YouTube didn't exist. But um, (laughs) so it was awesome to go see him. And then I was like, you know, you always have the thing where people tell you like, oh, when you're growing up, like, oh, you're kind of funny. Like, you should do this. And I'm like, I I didn't really think of myself as funny, honestly. But um, but I was like, I don't know, like, maybe I could try this, you know, like Mm -hmm. and do it. And then in Chicago, um, I really, really liked and still do Megan Gailey a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw her and um, and randomly like sent her an email afterwards. Um, first of all, because she saved my my date night. I took my wife to the Laugh Factory and she was not having any of it. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, she just was like, this is a, this has been a terrible night for whatever reason. You know, there are some times where in that big vaulted ceiling if guys are being a little like, you can feel like you're both at church and in hell. And I know that's not like a popular opinion, but like, I don't know. There's a special thing to being a tired woman in the laugh factory when it's guy after guy after guy, just being like, yeah, I don't really yeah. like my wife. And you're like, why am I here? Yeah. And well, then Megan... you see like a gal or somebody different and it's like, yeah, I could see Megan turning the tide. Oh yeah. Really she easy. came on and my wife, like it like turned the whole thing around. And so I messaged her about that. And then like, I saw oh, I her a couple of other that. times. That's oh, very she... empathetic for and she's on, so... on everyone's part. She's like, she's amazing. So she like actually randomly met up with me to like talk about like getting started in stand up and um it was very kind of her like i actually because of work i ended up like being late so like she's sitting at an argo tea like downtown you oh, know and so i'm just nice. like oh she's like she's the the sweetest but you i know her I love husband her. similarly stuck his neck out for me in the shock tees and got us tickets to see him open for bo burnham years ago to college in wisconsin and then like made sure we got to meet him afterward and it was like i knew that we were all like musical comedians and stuff and it was like yeah of course those two would get together and keep yeah. doing nice things for people yeah, I don't know him nearly as well because he was already gone from here. Um, we're fellow comedy studies alum in Chicago. Yeah. We were in different semesters, but we both did the like Second City Columbia Chicago program. And that creates like a little bit of like, you know, that military bond, but it's for yeah. comedy camp. <laughs> He's great, though. I, I like him a lot, too. Um, yeah. And yeah. I really want to like when they get back here, I've told him I want to like catch up and have mozzarella sticks. Oh, you would love like I that should just be a whole hangout night or just, you know, book the music box and put on ready to rumble. <laughs> that wor- that works too. Uh my fourth question for you is do you have a nemesis and if so who or what is it? Oh, probably just the concept of like letting stuff go. Like I think okay. that's the one that I'm wrestling with the most. Um but yeah, I think once I realized that like if you're thinking badly about someone, they're probably thinking badly about you where it's almost like, I just want to block the tunnel of like the idea. Like we've had plenty of people send like a shitty email that hurt my feelings or, you know, just like an offhanded tweet or, you know, like somebody asked me to send back like a pretty nice piece of technology that they had sent the podcast because I had like made a joke tweet that offended them. And it was like, there's so many things that you can get caught up in and just be like, oh my God, I have this running tally of people that I've wronged and people who've wronged me. And I can think about that and think about that. And then I was like, or I can use the thing that's like hurting me as inspiration to reflect on it. And then also like, if I feel like I'm in a weird lull in a friendship where I'm like not getting something back or like I've texted a few times and I'm just feeling like bummed about it, I'm like, cool, I can just go back into my memories for a while and uh, leave them alone and either we'll see each other or we won't. But 
whatever happens, the last thing I thought about them was not some nasty, you know, grudge that I was holding on to. And after like Marty's best friend, Rudy passed away recently, and it really was like being that close to watching somebody go it was like there's nothing that's so important that's negative that you mm-hmm. need to hold on to when like death waits for us all. So it really like did help me just lean further into being positive and and not having people where like in the past I would have been like this person didn't give me the keys to the auditorium for my college improv troupe and I saved the email and I'm when I'm famous I'm going to send them a mean email. It's like whoa how victorious you'll be then. It's like just <laughs> let stuff go and just yeah. be nice. <laughs> Oh, geez. Okay. So this is your fifth and final question for me in this round. My fifth and final question for you is what are your like favorite things about your wife and why? Oh my God. I could talk about this is, she is amazing. So we were really good friends before we got married. She is literally my very favorite person. Like I love doing things like we have fun doing the dumbest things. Like we can be on a Saturday, wake up and not have any plans and decide to go like drive to, you know, the middle of Wisconsin and like go see an indie wrestling show and like stop at cousin subs and try that for the first time and it's like we do the dumbest things but like i literally have so much fun we we like refer to it as the concept of like the a team not like the mr t one but um like varsity you know and then reserve Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. like we're the a team and our parents are like the b team depending on how our siblings are being they might be on the b team but like we put the a team before everyone else you know and um she is she's the best and she's way hotter than than i could ever have asked for so (laughs) i felt like when i I first was like into marty i was like god i gotta like he can't be with a girl that's not beautiful like i gotta like keep it up you know and it's fun to be with someone where you're like just so like zesty in their presence we always joke about hancock where it's like when we're together our powers are stronger (laughs) wow yeah that's our a team yeah no i love it i i I love it like she's literally my very favorite person in the whole world that's i thought that was the case and that's why i was like that was the one question that i kind of had in my pocket where i was like i just love people talking about love i had a really fun conversation with sammy zane once where we both just like escalated our volume voices just talking about how much we love love and the people that we were with and i was like if this ain't the magic of pro wrestling i don't know what is yeah wrestling is amazing like it's the people that are involved in wrestling that you get to like meet and like get to know it's just it's insane the the conversation kitty corner from air guitar there's like a big air guitar community that's so much like pro wrestling it's like any fun creative weird community is just like (laughs) some of the weirdest wildest people you'll ever meet Yeah. My last question for you is if you had a memoir, what would the title be? Oh, it's going to be like one word, but I don't know what it'll be yet. Although I do have like titles for like five of the chapters. (laughs) Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So TBD, but one word, simple. Yeah. It'll be one simple word. It could be joy because that's my middle name. Um, But then I'll have to have it printed twice on the cover and it's like, eh. Yeah, because my name on my books has to be Sarah Joy Shockey, and Marty knows this because his yeah. niece is Sarah Derosa, so that's taken care of. Don't ask. Okay, okay. <laughs> For all of people our keep listeners, people keep being like, "Ooh, Sarah Derosa," and I'm like, "Actually, it's Sarah Joy Shockey," because eventually I want that printed on my books that I haven't had released yet. <laughs> yeah, you're like, but I have the I have ideas for them. So yeah. Oh my God, you should see my Google Docs. There's probably 
I have. You're probably getting up into 50 Google Docs of, um, like, this whole universe that I've made up. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, sweet. Well, this is the last round of uh, of the podcast, and uh, this is where I bring out one of my favorite toys, the uh, Paper Fortune Teller. I love those. Uh, oh, I used to make those. I used to make those in the little puffy stars. I never made those, but this, I had to like reteach myself how to make it. So what will happen here, Sarah, is like, I will ask you to pick, obviously, and you'll kind of pick your destiny. So they're at the four turnovers that will be, it'll basically be the last game that we're going to play. Okay. So perfect. it'll be either ask me anything, truth mm-hmm. or dare, never mm-hmm. have I ever, or two truths and a lie. Perfect. But we'll get there. Like it's, uh, so we're going to structure it like a road trip. We're going on a road trip. What's the first uh, boy band that we listen to? Backstreet Boys, Sync, One Direction, or 98 Degrees? Backstreet Boys. I went to the concert. I touched Nick Carter's hand when I handed him a tiny box that had a penny, my phone number, um, some cotton, I don't know, anything in my purse, some gum maybe. And uh, my parents' landline home phone number in case you wanted to get in touch with a a seventh grade girl that sat second row at the concert. And only because my friend's mom had bought an extra ticket and everybody else had tickets and I was the new kid in school. So she had to ask me because I was her neighbor. It was, we were still friends though. It worked out amazing. Um, But yeah, I did give Nick Carter my number. He, I, if he called it, if he still has it, it's not my number anymore, Nick. Yeah. If and you're I'm engaged Nick, now. Yet you lost. That's yeah. what happened. That's okay. Um, okay he shouldn't gonna... have contacted me. <laughs> <laughs> he did everything right in that situation. <laughs> uh, you got to pick a snack. Cheez-Its, Corn Nuts, Milk Duds, or Sour Patch Kids? Let's go Cheez-Its. Always a good decision. Okay. And our first, this will be the one that picks your the game. We're stopping at a fast food restaurant. Do we stop at Burger King, Arby's, Wendy's, or McDonald's? Ooh, that's interesting. We're going to do Wendy's because I want a baked potato. Uh, sour cream or no? I do um, sour cream and cheese sometimes, but no chives. That's interesting. Or I'll do butter and sour cream. Okay, so the game is two truths and a lie. So I would like for you to tell me two truths and a lie, and I'll try to guess which one you're lying about. Okay, perfect. So I've drawn three tattoos for David Arquette. I once pole vaulted over 11 feet, and I really don't like ring announcing. I'm going to guess that you, I'm going to guess that the pole vaulting one is a lie. It's a lie. I did not hit 11 feet. I hit nine (laughs) once and I was so proud of myself, (laughs) but just imagining it made me really happy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. My dad was a pole vaulter in high school too. He set the record at our local, at his high school. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, when you see someone float up and over. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way to recreationally pole vault unless you have some good connections. So that's you want a boat friend. I want a pole vault friend. We'll see if we can make it happen. If anyone's listening that has a connection to a pole vault, what do you what do you call it? Like a pole? Like a a vault scenario? (laughs) Please hit up uh, Sarah (laughs) uh, on Twitter and she would love to come over and and get some air. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for medicine to your cats. Yeah, medicine to your cats. Talk about sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the point where we have come to the in real life friend request. So Sarah Shockey, Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request in the wow. vein of Facebook. Would you confirm or delete it at this point? I don't see it in my notifications, um, but I am trying to confirm it. I'm trying to I'm smashing that button. I'm going to confirm Patrick Brandmeier instead of you because uh, <laughs> he did send me a request. 
This is like a in real life, like metaphorically. So oh, yeah, I ha- yeah, this isn't like real on Facebook because not everybody has Facebook. But I think you okay. and I might be friends on there because of the because Lies. Of, because wait because you became friends with Dana Brooke at that show and I added you on Facebook. That was my um, that was your star team. moment. And you know yeah. what? I've talked to you at this point more than I've talked to her. So you won that one. Sweet. Well, do, thank you so much for coming on. And it's been really, really great getting to know you a little more. Can you tell our listeners here where they can find you and buy your stuff? Oh, yeah. So at Marty Sarah Pod, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, it's every Friday morning. We have a new episode. Uh, feel free to check it out. Uh, at Sarah Joy Shockey on Twitter, I'll usually announce what I'm up to. And then um, I'm going to be on an ESPN broadcast on August 8th um, for the U.S. Air Guitar National Championship. So look out for that. Yeah. I did backstage interviews at that one. That is amazing. August 8th, ESPN 1. Um, ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs> I have a little, um, my name badge. People can't see it, but you can. I have ESPN oh, 8, yeah, the yeah. Ocho. Wow, that's so official. So official. I'm putting it in my, I have a trunk under my bed of all my keepsakes. Yeah. So wow. it's in the file pile. <laughs> I love it. Uh, if you're listening at home with, uh, now that Sarah and I are friends, if you have ideas for what we should do the first time we hang out is, I mean, it can't be just eating hearties cause we're already doing that. Send us a message, text us and tell us what you think. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and don't forget to tune in next week for an all new episode of the fast friends podcast. Thanks so much, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.